Good morning, All Shores family. I want to invite you to stand with us. And whether you're with us from Coopersville, Muskegon, Spring Lake, or if you're joining us online, it is so good to be gathered, united together on this Sunday morning. Would you join us in worship as we give praise to God?
Amen. This is a house of worship. This is a place of praise. Where every demon trembles. Where we proclaim your name. This is a house of Our hearts are full of faith. You have our full attention. You have the final say. Come on, church, let's come alive. So come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is miracles if we bring everything to the feet of Jesus everything in the name of Jesus this is a house of miracles Resurrection. 
of Jesus come alive in the name of Jesus this is a house of miracles we bring everything to the feet of Jesus
You know, we call this our united service because across our campuses and communities, we've come together this morning to be united. But there's also a picture for us as followers of Christ, not to just come together, but actually be united beyond our walls, beyond our communities, as people who are becoming more and more like Jesus. In a world that's, that's divided, to be united in praise and worship, following Him, Him alone and Him above all other things. And as we've sung this last song, we've, we've given picture to, to what Scripture tells us, that there will be a day when all the earth will be united in praise to God. And we get to bring picture to that as we're gathered together this morning. So would you raise your voices with me again, united, and sing all the earth.
us in such a posture of submission that God all we want to do in our lives is please you and all we want to do in our lives is continue to give those things up God that that weigh us down and so Lord I pray that prayer of my friends this morning who are here today who are feeling the weight of the world upon them God, we know that you tell us in scripture that if we cast all of our cares upon you, God, you'll take care of it. And so Lord, I pray for again, my brothers and sisters here today who might be in a place where there's just a sense of heaviness. God, I believe that your spirit is here and you're moving and you wanna do something. And God, that song just again positions us in a place of just submission and saying, Lord, whatever it is, Wherever I'm at in life right now, whatever I'm facing, God, I just want to place myself in a position to please you and to honor you. And God, that's our goal today as we come together as one church to just place ourselves in submission to you. Lord, we're thankful as we've come together today for other churches in our community that continue to reach out with the gospel. And Lord, we think of in Coopersville, Berlin Baptist this morning, and in Muskegon, we think of Bethesda Baptist. And here in Spring Lake, God, we pray for hope reformed. And Lord, as we do every Sunday, we think of other expressions of faith. And God, we specifically pray for those three areas and expressions of faith today. God, would you move in their midst? And finally, Lord, as we pray each Sunday, we pray for the wards who are working for Global Partners as our Asia area directors. And we pray that you would give them favor today. And finally, Lord, we, we lift the rest of our service up to you. We give it to you. We know you have something special and unique for us. And God, our, our prayer, our posture now is to say, Lord, teach, for your people are listening. We are ready. We are open. We are willing. And we are wanting to receive your gift today. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Well, you may be seated if you are here in Spring Lake. I want to just say a warm welcome. I'm Pastor Steve. I'm the executive pastor here at All Shores. It's so good. Isn't it awesome? Give yourselves a hand. All, all three of our campuses are here together today. I, I have to believe that many of us are watching online. So if you're in Florida or on a boat or whatever, we envy you. But thanks for joining us online. We're just so grateful that you're here today. If you are a guest with us, we just want to say a warm welcome to you. We hope and pray that you have sensed God's spirit already. 
and that God has shown himself to you. That's our hope, our goal. We're not about performing. We're not about being in a position where we put on a show. It's about you experiencing God. And we trust that you have felt that today. We wanna encourage you, if you are new, to just fill out our connection card, and you can do that either online or you can simply scan the QR code that's in the seat back in front of you, and you can go right to our connection card. I would just encourage the rest of you who are here today, it's a great tool for you to use to be able to get connected. If you have questions, if you have wonderings about anything All Shores, go ahead and scan that QR code, and we will get someone from our team in touch with you. Also want to remind you, this is the time in our service when we remind you about our offering, and we want to continue to thank you for your faithful giving. We're so grateful for how you continue to be generous in this area. If you came today prepared to give, you can do that in any of the offering boxes in the foyer, or again, you can also do that online at allshores.org. Well, I have to tell you, we have an exciting summer hey, Steve, coming up. There's Steve, a lot. Steve, well, uh, before you go into this last part here, just want to help you out here. So it just put, just put this on. This? Yeah. Is yeah. it Hawaiian shirt day? It is. All right. Yeah, so some of us are visual learners. All right. So see, Steve, I want to explain this to you. Two people, same. Yes. Two. Yeah, but I don't have a bald head. <laughs> Sorry. There are some we're, uniquenesses. We're close. That's right. There's some uniquenesses. So just like this, we have multiple campuses, different personalities, right? We've got Coopersville, yes. who are all sitting over here. Uh, we've got Muskegon. Yes. Nice. Look at them. They're very community-oriented. Yes, yes, that's right. And then we've got the Spring Lake campus. Yes. They're and all we're over glad the place they're, too. They're, yeah. But this summer, we're, we're going to have some fun, unique things because different personalities, different settings, different campuses. So in Coopersville, we have Summerfest coming up in August, and, and it's going to be a time when the churches get together to do some fun things in the community for the community. In Muskegon, we have uh, movie nights that are going to be happening in the NIMS neighborhood, part of the neighborhood association, and just reaching out to those neighbors and inviting them, their kids, their families to come out for that. And then in Spring Lake, we have Spring Hill Camp coming in August, where we have more than 100 children and just the families in the Tri-Cities areas that we're reaching out to. So a lot of different really good stuff. summer events. Yes. Different? Different. Same. Same. See how that works? That's impressive. Does that yes. make sense? Okay. So after the, after the service, there's tables out in the lobby with more information about each of the campuses. So if you're interested in what's going on at other campuses, feel free to go out there because even if you attend one, you can go to another one. Right? It's the same, but different. Are we, are we good? I'm impressed, man. That's really good stuff. Thanks, Dad. Give him a hand. All right. So one event that is coming up that we want to have you just draw your attention to the screens is our outdoor baptism service. That actually will be happening in August. One of my favorite things that we do all year long. If you want to be baptized, we just need to, you just need to let us know. But that's coming the end of August. Take a look at the screens and find out a little bit more about that.
going into seventh grade and I'm going to Lakeshore Middle School. I was excited to go to camp um, because I wanted to meet new people and uh, have new experiences. I made a ton of new friends at camp um, and we stayed in contact after camp and we're really good friends now. Um, we did um, team comps which is where four teams compete and it's super fun and at the end there's a team cheer where you work on all week and then you perform it and that's really fun and you also um, go to worship and you go to chapel and you have sessions where you learn about God and then you talk with your small group which is really fun. God wanted me to be at NTS camp and I think that he wanted me to um, learn about him through NTS. I learned about his path for me and I learned how to grow closer to him. My life looks different now that I've been at camp because I've been reading my Bible every night now and I've started a routine. It feels really good um, to have a routine because I'm just able to grow closer to him and like have it structured and nice, which is something that I struggled with. Five years from now, I will definitely remember um, growing closer to God from NTS camp. Well, I again want to welcome those of you joining us online, those of you from each of our campuses here this morning in Spring Lake. <clears throat> and even as you just saw, uh, we'll be starting a series next week called Conversations with Jesus and looking at how Jesus interacts with people. So I wanted to particularly highlight that for you. We are today enjoying what we call a united service. Before I ask you to pray and even say a few more words about us being together, I want to invite right now uh, Josh and Rachel to come up here. Regard. <clears throat> so in case you don't know, Josh just joined our staff as our Coopersville camper. Camper? Camper pastor. I, go to the I used to know how to speak, ministry. and then suddenly I forgot. Campus pastor. <laughs> uh, and Josh and Rachel are joining us together. They are both uh, ordained pastors in the Wesleyan Church and come to us from somewhat a, a church like ours and then also a rural campus. So just to start, Josh, tell us a little of what you love about now, as you're moving into Coopersville, what I love about this place that I'm moving into, oh, we're man. moving into. Uh, Coopersville is a cool you place. You guys can come closer to me. I don't bite or oh, anything. Yeah, I no, don't I'm, smell. It's all good. I know. You know. Oof, no. I don't know um, what happened, but they <laughs> this guy. keep a distance. Yeah, no. Um, we've just had a lot of exposure and experience to like <clears throat> rural communities. Um, we've gotten to be at every single campus of the previous church that we were at, and um, we kind of got to help build them from the ground up from a sense. And that's the ministry that we love to do. Uh, Coopersville already has such a foundational groundwork thanks to all the work that Dave has put in. So he's so great. And yeah, shout out to my boy Dave. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> um, no, it's just a great community. And it's just, it's exciting to see the potential of that community and of our church and the impact that we can have there. And so I'm just so excited to go along the Coopersville congregation as we figure out what God's vision is for us in the future. So I'm really excited about That's that. Awesome. And I know for both of you, it was clearly a calling. 
Josh, you left a role at the church and came here. Rachel, I know you gave up a role and are coming here kind of looking what's next in the season as your, as your pastor. I also know you just authored a book. It just came out, right? So just tell us the title of that and then briefly about that. The book is called Bad Reviews, and it is to help the reader cope with rejection in a godly way. Each chapter focuses on a different bad review that someone could say about you, such as you're not good enough, you're not doing enough, make more money, you're underqualified, you're fake, all of those things that we can be told every day. And we have become accustomed to seeking validation in everything but God in this world. And so the book helps with insecurity so you don't prevent yourself from doing the God calling over your life. And you just seek God above all else. So it's called Bad Reviews, and it's on Amazon. That's great. We're thrilled that you're engaging this way in your calling and your life. And one of the things we've said very clearly while we've hired Josh is we are as committed to Rachel finding what she, God has for her in this season, too, that they both come with unique gifts, and we're thrilled about all of that. And then just kind of tell us how can we be praying for you as you're entering into oh, the new man. campus. And Oh, yeah. I guess just be praying just for... An easy transition into life. Everyone keeps saying, are you settled yet? And it's like, give me like three months and then I think I'll be settled. Yeah. No, we're very much enjoying the area and very much going, just getting to know all the people here. But yeah, just uh, for that and just for trusting God during this next season, really. Yeah. I mean, that's really what I can get praised for. Yeah, and I would just say that we firmly believe that effective change can only happen when you get to know the people and places before you and the systems put there. So just pray for wisdom as we go throughout that, learning about you guys and Coopersville in this area so we can serve you in the best way possible. That's great. And I want to simply pray for you now, and do be careful what you ask for. That means you're going to actually know us, so I'm sorry in advance. Lord, thanks so much for Josh and Rachel for how you brought them here for all you've been doing, for what they've left behind. And we pray for your comfort and your ongoing blessing of that work, both in them and in the place they've walked, moved from. As they enter into this new community, we pray for favor, for your kindness, for connection, for relationship, for vision, for both blessing and seeing what has been, but also dreaming about what can be. And so we bless both of them in the unique roles they will bring and the work they're doing. We give you thanks that they are here among us and pray that our friendship, our connection as family would grow in the years ahead. And we ask this in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. amen. Let's welcome them again. So all of you pray in just a minute. We always invite you to pray before we open the scriptures. And I just, even as we were singing this morning, I'm, I, I, regularly when I'm singing, it, it, mostly I'm in, I'm in this campus, but I will picture the other buildings and the other places oftentimes as I'm worshiping. We don't get to be together like this, but just the reality that while we're sent out and in different places to be together today and be reminded we are one church in three places despite those shirts, how great that is. It was both wonderful and frightening, wasn't it, at the same time? So I just want to uh, thank you for all being here that can be and those online we welcome you to where you can. Let's pray in the quiet. Just ask God to lead you, to speak you, to you, to teach you. Lord, I thank you that you are a God of revelation. You are the God of revelation. Thank you that you are over all, in all, and through all. I thank you that you see us in our doubts and in our struggles, and you see us in our faith and our love. You see the dark places and you see the good. 
You see what you're changing and what you long to change. And we simply say, speak. Speak to us where we've been hurt, where we have doubt, where we have struggled. Speak to us in the places of joy and speak to us in the places where we're just apathetic. Lord, anything I have to say that's not from you, I pray it will fall to the ground and it will be forgotten. But I do ask that anything that's from you, that your presence, your spirit would breathe life into us. I join with the psalmist praying the words I speak and the way we respond and our hearts and actions would please you, our rock and our redeemer. And all of God's people said, amen. Well, as we have this time together today, I want to take you back to a famous person. Most of you, I hope all of you, know this is Mr. Rogers. In fact, I was actually remembering as I was thinking back on uh, some years past, it was seven years ago, this, really on this Sunday, we began a series that was about the art of neighboring, and I was going to be gone during this season, and uh, we recorded a video of me being Mr. Rogers every week, which was both wonderful and probably the most creepy thing. Uh, But we know what Mr. Rogers is known for. He's known for being a neighbor, right? Can you say neighbor? Go ahead, say neighbor. Oh, I like the way you say that, sure. Uh Uh-huh. You know what it means to be a neighbor? To love the people around you? I'm not even sure this is close to the right accent because it kind of moves back and forth when I do this. But I still like the way you say that. Mr. Rogers really made popular this idea of actually loving the people around you, of actually paying attention to the world around you. And he really did that through how he infused compassion and relationship and love to children, but we were all impacted by it. And and it centers really around what we call the two great commandments in Scripture that Jesus summarizes for us but has given all throughout, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength, which then in the Greek becomes your mind and strength. And then he says the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself, to actually be loving. And so what we're going to do, what I hope to do today is just give us some handles as we jump into the summer as a time to move towards those around us, to our actual neighbors. Now, that might sound good, and I, I hope it does. When I put into it the aspect of what it means to be a Christian, it can make us either get more excited or wince. Because in case you don't know it, our faith is called a missionary faith, meaning we actually proclaim and want others to discover And if I just use the word missionary, I wonder what comes to mind for you. I wonder what first comes to mind. Is it people that went to foreign countries, to places that almost seemed tribal, into cultures that were different and tried to present it? Was it something different? You know, if you Google missionary, the first thing that comes up are actually the Mormon people as a group. And so what you might picture is a white shirt and a tie and two people that have the name elder something coming to your house in a different faith, one different than ours. But when I say missionary, it can take the witness or the word out of your sails. Kind of this idea, okay, you love your neighbor, that's great. I'm supposed to be a person that talks about Jesus. Does that take the wind out of your sails or does it inspire you? When you hear the idea of being missional, of actually bringing to others what you've discovered, does that ignite you or frighten you? And, and I would tell you in our culture today, the idea of giving witness to others of anything of faith is a bit wrong, is how people treat you. And I want you to just consider with me, because I want to hopefully get you past discomfort, because the idea is simply loving your neighbor. But I want us to consider the things that have made that harder for us when we think about 
sharing who we are as followers of Jesus as well, of being a missionary people. I mean, in case you don't know, and this will happen a lot of times with any of my friends who aren't part of the Christian faith, and even those who are, will cite back times when the church has tried to force itself on others, like the Crusades are the worst example of this. They're going to lead you to Christ, or you're going to die. Does not sound very inviting of love, does it? Or have you ever had this in some time of your growing up life where someone has approached you and they've asked it in such a harsh way, even if you are a follower of Jesus, you're offended. Like it scares us. The idea that could loving your neighbor and being a missional person be connected. So I wanna, I wanna answer that today and even encourage you on what it means to love your neighbor and why indeed I don't think it's either offensive or will be something difficult. I think it will be igniting. So I want you to consider this, just a few aspects as we look through Scripture before we look at one verse today together. Let me take you back to God's promise to Abraham. This is the first promise of God bringing life into the world, restoring the world after Adam and Eve when he said one day it will change. And he tells Abraham, you will be a great nation. I will bless the world through you. In other words, what I'm going to do in you is not for you alone. It's for others. It's not just to hold and kind of keep to yourself. It's to share for others to discover because it's good, not because it's demanding or forced or angrily done. Now that will continue to play forward. Israel, the first time they're referred to in a different way of just a group gathering together is once they actually leave Egypt. They've been in this horrible season of bondage, 400 years, and it's the first time God refers to them in a new way. He calls them a witnessing community. In other words, what I've done in your lives just help others see that's true and help them discover it, witness it. That, that's what they become. Now, as we move along in the scriptures, God tells this prophetically to Israel, hey, it's too small of a thing for you just to know me. I want to make you a light, he says, for the Gentiles, for the whole world. In other words, I'm going to make you a people that are sent out. Are you getting the picture? I, I want you to see this is normative. Then we get to Jesus, and Jesus, on his final words after his resurrection, is standing with his followers. Some of them are worshiping, and others, it says, still doubt. And then he says, go and make disciples of the whole world. Tells them to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach everything I've taught you, and I'm with you in all this. In other words, I'm sending you out. The very word we have that we call missionary or missional comes from the word in the Greek apostle, which means to be sent out. And I want you to understand these overlap, this wonder of loving your neighbor and being sent out. And I want to show you how because I think it will be energizing, not like, oh, no. You're going to tell me i got to say these things to people that, and I'm not telling you either way. I'm just telling you it's the wrong posture. But I want to give you one final picture, and then we'll look at what Paul says. After Jesus rises and he returns to be with the Father, he says, wait in Jerusalem, and my spirit will basically come upon you. Now, all these Jews are gathered from all over the world on this day, and they're all gathered. And at this point in time, the Holy Spirit only lived in, in a few people periodically. And what happens is the Spirit fills every follower of Jesus. Everyone wants to follow at that moment, 3,000 of them. And guess what they do? They go from that place back to where they live. They're basically sent out to go live with his presence in these places to love him and love their neighbors. And by loving their neighbors, they're bearing witness to who he is. You get in the picture? By the way, we're all together today in one place and online, and I'm telling you this to be reminded, we come together to be filled and we get sent out. We get sent out. We get sent out. Now, Paul was facing the same thing we do today. 
which is this idea that it just seemed offensive. I mean, this whole idea that people would actually bear witness. It's how would you dare impose anything on me? Why would you ask or want to tell me about somebody I may not believe in? It's offensive to me. And I want you to know, Paul, in this letter, he writes uh, to the church in Thessalonica. He basically, in the earlier part of this chapter, I'm going to show you, He's telling them all the reasons that people think he might be doing. Listen, I'm not doing it out of impure motives, he says. I'm not doing it trying to trick you. I'm not doing it by flattering you. Hey, I'm going to tell you you're great, and then maybe you want to join me in this thing. I'm not covering up some incentive to make money or get more famous through it. I'm not covering it up for praise, either of you or others. And he just says it this way, God's my witness, and all I want you to see is how I've been living with you. In other words, if what I believe is true... Can you see how I live and love you differently? That, that's what he's saying. By the way, this connects even to the day that we celebrate tomorrow because in our nation, we celebrate freedom. And we tend to think about freedom as what I've gained, but I want you to take it a step further because it should be how we see it as Christians. And what God says, what Paul tells us, is that the freedom we have, we're to let go of to serve each other. In other words, it's a freedom Jesus gives us so that we can love people sacrificially in a surrendered way. Tell me that wouldn't change the world. So all I'm inviting you to is to maybe discover today what God is putting in you and to bear witness to it that you're being sent out wherever you go. And I want you just to picture with me neighbors because that's where we're going to begin is the thought of who is around us. And I want you to hear how Paul responds to these accusations, you're doing this for the wrong reasons, we don't like what's going on. And he says this as he begins to turn the corner, he says, it's like a mom caring for their own, and then he says these words, we cared for you, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Now all I want to do for a few minutes is unpack this for us. Because I think you can see, I hope you'll see with me, that loving your neighbor entwined in that is bearing witness to who Jesus is in our lives and loving people in a very surrendering, sacrificial way. So we're going to walk through this kind of bit by bit to clarify and perhaps challenge us. This is how he begins. So we cared for you because we loved you so much. I only want to draw attention to the words a little bit because it it kind of expands your view of it. When he says we cared for you, literally, in the Greek, it means we had great affection. We yearned for you. In other words, something was changing in Paul's heart as he got to know these people that caused him to care and those around him that were followers to care for the people around them. And then he says it even more deeply. We loved you so much. By the way, this word for affection, it's the only time Paul uses it in all of his writings. He's wanting to stand out. I want you to understand how much my affection has grown for you. And when he says something as simple as we loved you so much, you're dear to us, do you hear the affection he has? That These are people he looks around at and goes, man, I've gotten to know you. I know what your life is like. I, I know what's good and bad in your life. I know what you're struggling with just because I've been near you and I care for you. I know the ups and the downs and you matter to me so deeply. Now, one thing you won't see because of the word order, and I'm just going to shift it so you get a, a picture of this, is that basically in the Greek, it starts and ends this way. They changed it just by the English language so it makes sense in reading it. But I want you to hear it. He starts with care and he ends with love. 
So everything he's going to encourage them to do is out of what? Care and love. So I want you just to consider for a minute your neighbors. Just, just kind of picture the people around you. And maybe if you need to, maybe some of you will go, you know, I haven't opened my garage door in three years other than I opened it to go in and I opened it to go out. And I do pay attention to whether the yard looks the way it should or whether it looks too good and makes me look bad or whether they plow or don't plow or whether their dog goes places it shouldn't go or whether they're nice to my cat or whatever you want to say or whether their kid cries too loud or am I touching some nerves here? I don't know. But I look back to when I was growing up and I actually knew my neighbors better. I started thinking about going, I knew the Lipsies right next door. I knew Al, and I knew, I knew Devin, and I knew Renee, and I knew Brad. I knew all the kids. I knew the Clavers across the street. I knew the Hollisters just down the block. Luke was one of my best friends. I knew the Barkers. I knew the five different families that moved in next door. Not that I thought it was our fault, but could have been. I don't really know. But I knew people growing up. And, and let me just say it this way. The less you know, the less you love. The more you know, the more you love. In other words, what Paul's telling us is everything I'm calling you to, I'm telling and calling it to you out of knowing and relating. Wow. So, so maybe the first place to start is, do you have people you could say you care for and love? Do you know much about your very neighbor, neighbors? Just think for a minute. I want you to just go in your mind around the houses near you or the apartments near you, or if you live in a rural area, at least go to the ones that are the closest to you and just ask yourself, do I know their names? If they have kids, do I know their kids' names? Silly, do I know their dog's name? Do I know how their job's going? Do I know difficulties they've gone through or things they're celebrating? Like what if you and I just started to know the people around us. Because before we can ever bring anything else, we have to love the people before we can ever bring something to them. And the call of Jesus is not to love them in order to do something, it's to actually love them and to let how we live flow out of it. So maybe the first step for you is just getting to know people. Maybe you're going to leave today and go, you know what, I should actually get to know their names. Not Mr. Rise Up Early, not who's mad, not who loves to use his machinery on Sunday when I'm trying to take a nap, not fill in the blank, but actually begin to get to know them. Because I'm telling you, the more you know them, the more you'll love them. Now let me move on to what he then invites us to and the very motive he brings to how we're to love our neighbors and how this is entwined together with being people that give witness to who Jesus is. He says this, we were delighted. Now, I'm not going to spend a long time on it. I just want you to understand that he's basically talking about an overflow, that because we've gotten to know them and we really care about them and because we've, learned, we've become loving them, guess what? We can't wait to give more than that. Do you know what it means to be delighted? How many of you like Verner's? Oh, come on. What's the matter with you? You tell me like Canada Dry, I'm going to be mad at you. But I need to know you more so I can love you. You know what Verner's is? You open it up and it's just kind of the bubbles. They can choke you out, can't they? But you also open it up and go, man, this baby is really charged, isn't it? Like I like to think of delight as a good can of Verner's, man. I'm going to open that thing up and it just can't stay inside. It's got to bubble up. Like delight are people that actually love and perceive others like a good can of Verner's. It's not some Canada dry junk. 
And what happened to the rest of the country? Why are you not putting this other places? Have you ever gone somewhere else? You're out west, like, Verners, what's that? Oh, what is wrong with you? You're not even a human being. <clears throat> out of Christian love, I tell them that all the time. I want you to understand this is not an obligation. If you get to know people more and love them more, you want to both serve and help them and bring who Jesus is to them. And that's where we go from here. He says, this is what it is. It's overflowing on us to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very lives as well. And this is the part that probably matters more than anything else in what we're talking about today. They're connected, and even the way he says this is connected. When he says of our very lives, he's not speaking of just sharing who we are. The verb, that literally, it means to, in a sur- surrendering, serving way, share ourselves. In other words, what I told you earlier that Paul writes later, we use our freedom to serve one another in love. We have freedom so that we can actually help and say, how can I bring the love that I've experienced of Jesus to these people around me? And we're delighted to share not only the gospel of our lives. This is what I want to understand. The gospel is entwined in our lives. And, and this is the part that's convictional inside. If you don't have much understanding of love or haven't received much of Jesus' love, don't really believe he loves you, how can you give away what you don't know? The same way you can't love your neighbors unless you know them, you can't really receive and then give the love of Jesus until you know him. And the more you know, the more you love. The more you know him, the more you love him. The more you know them, the more you love them because they're interfixed. They're connected. I I look at this in my own life, and I spent much of my Christian life being taught and told to reach out to people. I've been taught methods of how to share the gospel, meaning how to share what Jesus did, that he's God, that he came, he lived, he died for our sins, he rose again. All very important aspects but I wasn't really taught how my love for him can help me love people. And this is the part, at least for me, I'm learning. Do you know that the people around me that are not followers of Jesus, that are my friends, who I would call my neighbors, whether literally or figuratively, I actually am falling in love with them. Like, I love who they are. I love my 60-year-old friend who spent most of his life really thinking Christians were not only mean, they were just not very smart. I love that guy. I love my 17-year-old friend who has all sorts of questions about whether the Bible is true or whether Jesus actually speaks to us because I know what it was like to grow up and be confused and wondering. I look at my young adult friends and say, man, I I can see the pain they have in such a world of conflict and convoluted messaging that you either believe this and hate that or you love this and hate them. And I go, man, I care that they're broken and I actually want them to know Jesus because I don't know what else to give them. In fact, it's the only thing I know to give them. It's not like I'm trying to force it. I'm just going... I sit down with someone and they feel hopeless. I go, I can tell you a lot of things. I can even give you some tools. But you know where I found hope? Jesus. (laughs) All this other crud going on, all the things we're fighting and arguing about, I'm telling you, they'll never help you feel better or secure. But man, knowing him, why would I not want you to know the one person that's changed my life? Wouldn't that be entwined in my love for people? Wouldn't I still love them whether they respond or not? Wouldn't I tell them in a way that's true, but also still 
dignified and respectful of whether they respond or what they want? Wouldn't I love them regardless of outcome if I'm called to love my neighbor? If I'm called to bear witness, am I going to stop? It was a one-off. You had a chance. You moved it. I'm dusting off my shoes. Catch you later. Going to another neighbor. Catch you. See on the flippity flip. Don't we do it like a transaction sometime? Is it possible that there's two problems? One is I really don't know Jesus like I thought I did to really know his love. And maybe I don't know them like I thought I did. Because if I did, I'd still love them. Because the more you know, the more you love. The more you know, the more you love. That's the invitation. That's Paul's heart behind all of this. We cared for you. We love you. You know what? It causes us to delight because you have become so dear to us. I'm not just going to share the gospel. I'm going to share my life. I'm going to serve you and ask the Lord how I can serve you and love you in a way I never could have on my own. And I don't know if you have this, but I'm finding the two to be connected so deeply that this is crazy, but the more I'm with people, I actually love Jesus more because somehow being with them helps me to see him differently. It's not, inner, not over here I love Jesus, over here I love people. It's in all of it I see both. Did you know one of the ways God might help you know him more is as you actually move towards a neighbor? Just get to know them. Just get to care. Just get to be there. In case you don't know, a lot of people think, I can't do that. I don't know how to speak about these things, and I don't know what to do. Do you know how much impact I have because of what I say to people? Do you know what impacts them? Being there. Now, I ask God to give me things, and every once in a while, I got a good one. But it's usually, okay, thanks, God, for that one. A lot of times I give them, it's like, aunt, didn't help, didn't help, didn't help. And you get one that helps, you're like, okay, that was God. Thank you. And you can't manufacture that they'll experience God. I, I want to tell you this, and, well, I'll come back to this. I want to hit it when we get to this other spot. Sorry, I'm talking to myself out loud. What should I do right here? Should I? I want to tell you one story. And I'm just going to give you a couple of things you can do. Donna uh, attends our church here. Donna got to know a woman named Wendy 11 years ago in her neighborhood. They both had puppies. They met through their puppies. They're puppy pals, I guess. It started a friendship that they moved towards each other. And I won't tell you all of it. You'll hear Wendy's story another time, but Wendy went through a lot of ins and outs of life, times where she had to move in with someone else, times she had to move to another setting, back and forth. And Donna and others stayed in friendship, stayed connected, helped Wendy through different times. And most recently, even in assisted living, continued to build friendship and care for her because she's dear to her. Last Thursday, uh, our own Dave Boomgard baptized Wendy, Wendy with Donna and others present. 11 years later, yeah. And in case you don't know, that is not the end of Donna's relationship. It's just a stop in an ongoing friendship of now growing in Christ. Because guess what? She got to know her and got to love her. She's getting to know Jesus and getting to love him. And it's changing how she gives witness. Oh, she was so dear to her. She cared for her. She was delighted not just to share the gospel of her very life. You get in the picture? That's what God calls us to. And I'm going to give you a couple simple steps that I want to encourage you in these summer months to take. Because if any time of year there's a time where you can't say, I can't see my neighbors, it's cold outside, it's Arctic out there, I just, I'm not going to get outside. 
Uh, it's not going to happen because you're in the summer. Can we just agree? Even if it's raining, put a raincoat on. You'll be fine. Like we're not from San Diego where they get the rain like, oh, no, what do we do? It's just scary what they do, by the way. It's another story for another time. <laughs> Two steps I want to invite you to in the, in the loving well. The first is to discover more of Jesus personally and regularly. In other words, you cannot commend him you do not cherish. And you cannot cherish who you don't know. The more you know, the more you love. And this is what I wanted to say about it. It's been a shift for us in our leadership culture, really, in the last few years. We've always been ones to try to promote how do we commune with the Lord alone and even promote tactics and tools in the way we do it. But something that shifted for us a few years ago was what we want more than anything amongst us is to be honest when it's not going well or you struggle. Because here's the deal with Christians. We pretend. Oh, you know, I should be having more quiet than I am right now, but I'm, I'm reading the Bible. I read it every day. You know what we don't ask? Is it helping you know God more? Because guess what? Sometimes we do the things we're supposed to do, and it does nothing for us. And if we're not honest about that, we can't help each other. And it shifted. It shifted on our board. It shifted on our staff. You're welcome to ask any of them. I think they will tell you. I am learning to be honest about what's going well and what's not. Because the only way we help each other is through honesty. And in case you don't know, when you're struggling to go, why would I even read this thing? I don't understand it. You're not alone. You, you, how can we help you if we pretend it's easy? We get the message, oh, it's easy. If I'm having trouble, it must be something with me. There's lots of barriers we have. We have barriers from how we've been raised, how we viewed the Bible, as if it's constantly screaming at us, you're not doing well enough, you're, you suck, you're horrible. Instead of going, you're broken, and I love you in your brokenness. You know, we say together because life is messy around here. It's not a tagline, it's true. <laughs> it's messy for all of us. So I'm not just inviting you to be with them more. I'm inviting you to talk about what's good and bad about it, what's hard and what's easy together that we can help each other grow closer. Got it? You're so quiet. It's okay. I know we're from West Michigan. I'll say it quieter. I'll move back. We get to point two. We get to the other one. This flows out of it. I want you to bless your neighbors. And I'm going to give you two simple things I'm asking you. One's daily and one's weekly. And the first one is this. I just want you to pray for them daily. A couple things in this. One is start praying that God will help you to see them the way he does. You know Jesus sees people differently than we do, don't you? He doesn't look and go, disappointment, awesome, great, bad, behaved well, behaved poorly. <gasps> I can't believe they did that. He looks and goes, I see everything. I see the brokenness. I see even the need for you and people to show that they're better than others. I see the need to perform. I see the failures. I see the things no one wants to see. And he goes, I love you in all of them. And literally, I died not just to forgive you, not just to bring you whole, but actually to enter in and help you through it to change you. Come on, is that not amazing? I want to bear witness to that. Not just that I'm broken, but God actually changes me and he can change you. I should be a good poster child for this. I'm mediocre at best. If he can change me, you got a lot, you got a lot of hope. Isn't that what we want to bear witness to? You're going to pray, God help me to see with, with your eyes. The other thing is, guess what? If you start asking questions, hey, how's work going? What's going on with your family? What are you doing in your singleness? Guess what? You're going to have things to pray for. Did you know that? Do you think God might move if you started praying for your neighbor when they have 
a divorce hearing coming up? Do you think God might move when they have a difficult work situation coming up that God might carry? Do you think they might move in the midst of things they're celebrating? Do you know that people want to know that we celebrate with them when life is good too? You start praying for them and start knowing what to pray? Come on. Just start sharing with each other what you're seeing through prayer. Let me give you one thing you can do every week. I want you to figure out some way to bless someone around you every week. Just one act. Hey, here's one thing I can do to, as an act of blessing. Uh, it could be putting cookies on their doorstep. If they have diabetes, you might not want to do that. It could be getting them a meal. It could be mowing their yard for them. It could just be some other act of kindness. I wish I was full of great ideas, and I'm not, but you are. What if you just committed to that? Those simple things. And what if you take this to heart? Very simply. If you know more, you love more. You know what, this summer, man, I'm going to get to know Jesus more, and I'm going to be honest about the things I struggle with. Maybe you just struggle with being disciplined. That doesn't mean you get a pass. It means you want other people to help you. You know, when my friends tell me that, I pray for them. And I actually believe God moves. (laughs) We help each other. In the same way, what would it be like if you and I said, I'm going to commit to actually knowing my neighbors and who they are, knowing their names, knowing what's going on, and not just praying for a kind of a blanket thing for them to know Jesus, but praying for them that Jesus will reveal himself in filling whatever's going on. That just once a week, I'm going to do some act of blessing. If you just spent one day not looking at your social media, you'd have a couple hours just to bless them. That, that was a smack. I love you. I know you and I love you and I'm smacking you. All right, I just want to pray for us. I don't want this to be a nice idea that you leave with. I want you to be sent. And, and I'll say this before I pray too. If you're not a follower of Jesus, man, I hope you're starting to see who he is. And I hope you want to know more because we want you to discover him. Not for some agenda we have. We don't need to have you be pleased with us. We think who he is is better than anything you could ever have, ever. And guess what? For whatever you are fearful of that won't get better and might not get better, he's better than that. And he's not shakable like that is. Let me pray. I want to ask that you'll meet each of us now. You know, I don't, I don't know what each person needs to hear you. But I'm praying for those that don't feel like they know you well, that they would begin to sense your love, your presence, your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, and your power to change us. Lord, in the same way, would you help us to want to know the people around us, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to serve them, to let the gospel become entwined in our lives with who we are and how we serve. God, root out of us hypocrisy, root out of us performance, and even being transactional with people, and build into us loving people and seeing them with your eyes and your heart and being your hands and feet. I just pray our neighborhoods will change because you're moving. I pray this in your name. Amen. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to close out our time in worship, and we'll celebrate communion in the midst of it. And we do these two things at the end after the message to give you space that God might speak to you. Even as we sing to him, his spirit might be leading and moving in your life. He might be giving and filling. And maybe in this time, somewhere along the way, you're going to go, I want to know you, and I don't even know how to know you more. Communion is an act we receive. We don't try to do. And so in the midst of worship, ask him to reveal himself. Let's sing and we'll celebrate communion together.
been singing about this living hope that we have in our God. In our God. And I just, let this be our prayer as we continue to go into the week. Knowing that our hope is found in Him and that that hope can breathe new life into every individual that we impact throughout our whole week. Let's sing. tradition the church has done every week since it began. We celebrate communion, the centering act of our faith that the more we know of Jesus, the more we love because the more we see that he's loved us. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, and he gave thanks. He said, this is my body given for you. You know, Paul speaks of it this way. He says, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for us. And he goes on to give this image that maybe for someone who is 
kind of righteous and good, someone might dare to die, but Jesus demonstrates his love for us that while we were still sinners, in the midst of the darkness, he dies for us. And that's what we celebrate, that he loves us this much to die, to forgive, and offer hope. Let's take of the bread. On the same night he took the cup, he said, it's a new covenant in my blood. He says, because of this, you can have forgiveness. And we know when we share a cup, we share a destiny. And in a minute, when you drink, I want you not just to be reminded of your own taking of it. I want you to even picture those around you. Maybe you don't know them yet. Maybe you will in the future. But the more you know, the more you love. And the more you know what Jesus has done, the more you know his love. And a cup is not just to be drank alone, it's to be shared. So as you receive forgiveness, as you're reminded of it, may you also be called to hear how you're to love your neighbor and help them discover what you have. Let's take of the cup together. So Lord, I ask that you will meet us supernaturally. That this would not just be a ritual, a religious routine, but you would reveal your love to us and for us in the midst of it. Let us not just know your death, but your resurrection power, even as we sing. Amen. Let's stand together as we close out our time reflecting and singing of the resurrection. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. And out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Amen. Sing that again. The morning has sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. And out of the silence, the roaring Yo!
works. I got to tell you, what a joy to sing with you. A bunch of earners just went, the delight is bubbling up because we cared for you because you'd become so dear to us. It was our delight not only to share the gospel of God, but our very lives with you. Go and love your neighbors. Go and discover more deeply the love of Jesus because the more you know, the more you love. The more you know, the more you love. Maybe you place your hands out. I want to give you a blessing. And I want to let you know next week we start a four-week series on just interactions Jesus has with people that will help us to know him more and help us to love people more. Now, may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ continually fill you with his spirit. May he reveal the height and breadth and depth and width of his love. And may he give you eyes and ears and hands and feet to see and love those around you for his glory and your joy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And we've got some nice stuff out in the lobby for you.